Hello and welcome to another edition of Pet Chat. Look, I've got Cheryl Shaw here. Hello, hello. Hello, Sarah. I've got David Tabret. Hello, hello. Hello, Sarah. Now, I've been eavesdropping on the conversation you've both been having. Sorry about that. Oh. But it sounds like you've both been very busy. Has there been oh. a lot going on over Easter at the moment <laughs> with our pets? It has. Yes, it has been. <laughs> well, I work in emergency clinic and Easter is one of our busiest times and mm. over the four days we treated 286 patients. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. a lot of people may have some questions for you today or some things may have popped up over Easter. Yes, I, can't, I, I actually can't remember each of the 286 though. Oh, that's <laughs> so. It's bit of a mediocre effort, isn't uh, it, Cheryl? I'll try better next time. Okay, please do. But look, David is here now. He's all yours if you've got a question for 92162216. And if there's time, Cheryl will be chatting about bedding. Yes, keeping your dog's bed clean. Oh, yes. Finally, one thing you've brought up that I can say I've done that recently. Oh, First well time done. in a while, though. <laughs> Steve in Singleton, look, welcome to the show. You desperately need to chat to David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had, some, we had some people up over the weekend. On Sunday, yep. and uh, someone brought a, a cake up that was wrapped in that thin uh, plastic film. And when when people had left the table for a minute, the dog decided to have some cake for herself, and she's eaten a good part of the cake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that some of that plastic would have been gone down with the cake. So, what type of cake are we talking? Oh, it was just a uh, uh, just like a, a butter cake, you know, ah. like a good choice. So two things I'd be just to find out about is, so no chocolate? No, no chocolate. No, no. chocolate. What about sultanas or raisins? No, no, none of that was in None it. of that, just, okay. Just like a plain, a plain cake. So the cake part now is not going to be dangerous and toxic. And so the next question is around the plastic wrap. Um, so it was Sunday this happened, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. The plastic wrap, if it hasn't caused problems straight away, which would be in the next kind of two hours after eating it where you might get vomiting and so on, then it's going to migrate through the gut um, and pass out in the dog poo. So uh, if that, that probably, if it hasn't already happened, um, it's probably going to happen in the next day or so. So I, I wouldn't be too worried unless your dog actually starts to show signs of Abdominal pain or vomiting would be the main reason. Okay, like so, she's a she's a culpie, so when she goes to the toilet, she sort of hides in the bushes. Wherever, yeah. She's not like the other dog goes wherever she is, but she seems to go away and and hide. And you know, I've sort of I'll just have to keep. She usually it's, uh, when she gets fed at night, she usually goes to the toilet straight away after she's eaten. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I think she's probably already passed it through. So it says 48 hours. Well, it's over that, isn't it? Now mm, it's Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's 22. gone through. I mean, we're not going to encourage dogs to eat plastic film, um, but certainly, you know, it's soft and it's pliable. And if, if it doesn't cause that problem where you're getting vomiting, then the gut's going to take care of it and pass it through. So I think... Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think you might have escaped a uh, problem there, Steve. So okay, hope- good. Thanks very much for that. Phew. No worries. I felt like I was in the consult room then, did you, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah. That was really interesting how you sort of broke it down and, you know. Yeah, which bits are the dangerous bits. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. You do know uh, what you're talking about, don't you? I'm very professional. You are very professional. <laughs> That's why we pay him the big bickies. <laughs> 
David Tabret. Give us a call, 49216216 if you do have a question. Uh, Cheryl, now today we're chatting about bedding and the importance of making sure that we're on top of hygiene with our uh, pets bedding. That's right, Sarah. A lot of people don't realise that their dog's bedding harbours a lot of bacteria. So it's really important if you want to keep both your family healthy and the dog healthy to take that bar, um, to take that bed or the matting or whatever they use and clean it. Now there's a few ways to go about it. Often you should be vacuuming it and also using a lint roller just to take off any hair and dander that's there. Now that dander is the problem that causes us to have allergies and often our pets to have allergies because that dander being the skin, it's got lots of protein in it and um, if you've got an asthma sufferer in the family and you've got a lot of dander around it's going to help to trigger that asthma so we want to try and make sure that our dog bedding is as clean as possible. Now some beds are easier to clean than others and some have removable zipper covers you can take off and put them in the washing machine and give them a really good clean. One of the best things you can do is put your dog's bed out into the sunshine like today's perfect for that because the sun is going to help to um, sterilize some of the the bacteria or the germs that are on the bedding itself and also it'll help to reduce some of the odors I mean I love getting into sheets in the bed that have got sunshine on them so you know that to me is really fresh yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so just trying to freshen up those dog beds the other thing is if you don't wash your dog bed and it's got odor on it that odor is going to transfer onto the dog so if you've got a nice clean dog and it goes in lays on its bed it's going to be a bit smelly again so we're trying to keep everything as clean as possible for the dog and the environment that the dog's living in with you the other thing when we're washing the dog's bedding we need to make sure we don't use any harsh chemicals now often washing powder people don't think about just how harsh that is I mean it's quite caustic and if you've got residue left on the bedding after you've washed it and the dog lays on that, that can actually um, irritate the dog's skin and again cause the dog to become itchy. And there's a lot of dogs that are itchy because of things that are happening within the home. So making sure that you don't use any caustic um, type washing powders, no bleach or chlorine, things like that. You just need to use really, really hypoallergenic type products. And on that note, um, there's these little um, I would say they're discs or, or they're, they're full of washing powder with plastic covering. Mm-hmm. Make sure you keep them away from your pets because they are often um, ingested or the dog puts mm-hmm. them in their mouth and when they bite them they start to go really frothy and foamy oh. and that can then slide into the throat and prevent the dog being able to um, breathe properly because it will um, you know, stop that exchange of Some oxygen. of the dishwasher tablets are similar. Yeah, with yeah. The, yeah, they'll often, um, it'll cause ulceration. Yes, exactly. In, in the mouth, in the pharynx, and then down into the esophagus. Mm. Okay. So that's one that we need to make sure we're just putting away. I mean, that's a bit to the side there. But, you know, usually making sure that you're washing those um, dog bedding in, in anything. There's people use vinegar, all sorts of things. But making sure that it is a safe you know, product that you're using. And how often on average should we be doing it, Cheryl? Is it bi-weekly? Okay, so one of those things that's going to determine just um, what the dog is tracking inside because when we had all of that wet weather, we had, um, you know, beds that were getting wet and a bit smelly from dogs, you know, laying on their bed. But it just depends on, um, yeah, how much you need to do. I mean, if you're vacuuming it, 
weekly or something like that. You don't have to do it as regularly. Um, but it just depends on, you know, have a smell. See if it's a bit <laughs> do the smelly. sniff test. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people change their sheets weekly, other do it fortnightly. Just it just gets back to that personal thing about where you need. But you've got to remember that that bed, um, it's harbouring lots of things. I mean, there's bodily odours, um, there's fluids from the body, you know, yeah. there's E. coli. There's all sorts of things that are getting on that bed. Gross. So we need to try and make it as clean as possible. Good advice mm. as always. Cheryl, you were just talking about cleaning bedding. And and David, you reminded me in mm-hmm. the song, I haven't mentioned your brooch today, which we love to do. You've got uh, a little safety pin with gold pegs hanging off it. I do, heading to the washing line. Oh, my God. Do they work? They do. Pegs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, made, she made that brooch. Did you make Just that? went out to the line and grabbed the gold <laughs> pegs off the well, line. Hey, that's quite a good idea. The gold pegs. <laughs> the gold pegs. She no, it's it's very clever. For the undies, <laughs> the lingerie. <laughs> no, it looks lovely. Thank You're you, so Sarah. clever. I do love it. There you go. Look, we go to all extremes here, don't we? For Petra. Yeah, I. Yeah. I don't. You don't. You just don't rock have, up in your scrubs. I don't have a brooch. Well, you wore a badge last week. Oh yes, that's true. You got your name tag on. Uh, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> case I get lost. <laughs> yes, we're talking all things pets because it's Pet Chat. 49216216. Jody in West Wall's End, hello to you. Hi, how are you going? You probably, you probably remember a couple of weeks ago I spoke to Kimberly about my um, cat that's got hypothyroidism, Mr Pounds. Oh, oh Mr Pounds. <laughs> yes, I, I do remember. I think I was the only one here out of the crew today, but I do. How are you going with Mr Pounds? Oh, look, he's been a real problem child. After we, um, he started vomiting uh, once he was on the medication. Mm-hmm. So I reduced it down then gradually increased it again. And um, anyway, we finished up going to the vets after he developed scratching his face really, really itchy like he'd done three rounds with the cat down the road. Oh, no. Oh, gee whiz. So um, anyway, we've, you know, like obviously that's an allergic reaction. Yep. So we've um, put him on to the um, thyroid food. I cut virtually everything out, but transitioning him onto the um, food was has not been an easy <laughs> by any means. Oh, I could imagine. Oh, mm. <laughs> it so is just a... because David wasn't here, so just refresh um, our memory in terms of Mr. Pound. So he's got uh, a hyperactive thyroid. So he was on medication that hasn't worked, and then you've that's gone to right. the specific food. Yep, that's correct. He's 12 years old going on 13. Oh, I see. Um, yep. Yeah, so, you know, he's a real problem. So what I finished up doing, he's happy with the um, dry food. The wet, the canned food is, yeah, I've been mixing just some chicken breast with it and squishing it up to try and get him to, you know, transition onto the wet food, which we are slowly, you know, doing. But it's been not easy. Um, yeah, the funny, the funny thing is with these cats is they're normally ravenous. Like they'll just eat and eat and eat. And so probably one of the things that comes in here is with the medication and trying to get control of the thyroid is it, um, you know, can reduce that appetite that you would have been seeing before. Well, it's certainly done that. Mm. Um, you know, and I mean, he's for a few days there, he was quite unwell and that sort of thing. And, you know, he's been off the medication now for probably a week. Right. And... Um, you know, he's back to pretty much his normal self, but he's not demanding for food and stuff like that now, not like he was. Like, oh. he'd kill me for food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they really, really do demand it. 
Yeah. Um, so did you say he's off the medication altogether now? He's, he's off the medication altogether because of the... Um, Reaction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a bit tough. Yeah. So, um, you know, like she said, well, you know, we can try the food and see how it goes, whether that works or not. Mm. We don't know. You know, mm. she said about another four weeks to have some more bloods done. Yep. And see where we go from there. Yeah, a lot of the time, and it's been a long time since I've treated a hyperthyroid cat, is that um, we're very much driven by the degree of um, symptoms that the cat is exhibiting. And then the secondary thing is whether or not there's any heart involvement because um, hyperthyroidism in cats can cause enlargement of the heart muscle and they can actually develop a, a restrictive... Um, contraction of the heart, which obviously is not a good yeah, thing. Yeah. So I'm assuming his heart's okay, though? She said when they did the bloods, they said his kidneys and everything appeared to be at that point in time was okay. Yes. Um, you know, they were, they were, the levels were right. His, um, I think it was the T4 was 160. Wow. That's she, yeah, that's what she said. That's, what mean, does that mean, David? That's, well, that's the thyroid. And is, that's that, thyroid is that high? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> What's a normal reading? Um, it sounds like you're asking me the unemployment rate there. So, <laughs> uh, just, just to give us mere mortals it, an idea. I think it actually also depends on what, what units it's measured oh, in. Oh, right. But 160 sounds pretty high. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the big question I would have, Jody, is given that he's not on medication and I haven't heard of the thyroid food before, but and you said you're getting follow-up blood tests. Um, is is this like if the tests show that it's um, you know the thyroid's getting back out of control? What what are your options there? Because I know that you know in some circumstances we can treat this with either high, um, radioactive iodine, yeah, yeah, and the other possibility is surgery. Yeah, um, basically the next thing was virtually the um, radioactive iodine. Yeah, okay. So, and that's um, that's a trip to Sydney probably, I guess? Yep, yep, yeah. that's what they said, you know, and um, it's quite mm. expensive, of course. Yep. So, I mean, like, he's, you know, he's back to his old self, you know, he's not demanding and he seems much better. He's very alert as far as watching what's happening outside um, as he's an indoor cat. Yeah. Uh, so hope well it's a good it's a good update on where Mr. Pounds is up to and I think we've got to wait and see what his blood test shows and fingers crossed that he's you know going to get through and coping with it at the moment so hope all goes well Jody yes, thanks for the call thank you for the update Jody uh, let's go to Russell in Singleton now Russell you've got an eight month old dog and he's doing a little bit of digging is he to your garden. Hello. He's doing a lot of digging, mate. Yeah, a hello. lot of digging. A lot of digging. <laughs> Um, what sort of dog? What sort of dog is he? A staffy crossed American Mastiff. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he's, he's only young. young. Yeah, eight yeah. months is a time that they are needing a little bit more exercise, <laughs> and order. and he's probably not getting quite enough. Now you do need to be careful with exercising a dog um, when they're young that they're not getting too much exercise, but they also need the exercise to prevent yeah. them from doing the unwanted or the undesired behaviour that he's you know doing. Yeah. So trying to give him a few walks and a few other things. I walk are, him every day. Yeah. yeah. How many times? Only well. Once a day. Okay. Because I've got two dogs. I've got his, I've got his uncle as well. He's a lot older. Yeah. Right. He's a bit jealous because yes, I've got to take keep them separate. They, right. 
I, I do, I think that, um, as Cheryl's suggesting, some of these dogs, particularly at this age, we're going to need to walk them twice a day. Um, part of, I'll try twice. Yeah, if you can. Part of, the, part of the thing, too, with the digging is there's an energy element that your dog's getting. Um, that they're trying to get rid of all that energy. But there's also the need for mental stimulation. Uh-huh. So yeah. that's where, what, Cheryl, we could be trying to use some um, Kongs and yeah. toys that are going to provide Yeah, so some he of needs that. something that's going to give him a bit more stimulation so that instead of doing the digging, which he's finding just fantastic, he, that's really an enjoyable event for him, you've got to find something, yeah, and although it's not so enjoyable for you, but you've no. got to find something that he is really wanting to partake in. So... Um, whether you, you get some puzzle toys and things like that. There's licky mats as well, which are really popular oh. at the moment, and that keeps them occupied. They've got something to do mm-hmm. because he needs a job. At the moment, he just thinks, I'll go out and do a bit of gardening for you, but he needs <laughs> something to do. So finding a, 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 an activity that uh, um, he can spend yeah. that energy is really he important. The, he likes chasing the ball around, and the football, he's got two footballs. He likes chasing them all the time. Can you buy you'll, like you'll a dog sandpit? Is that are there products yeah. out there that a lot um, of people get those yeah. children's clams and put sand in those? So, um, but you, oh, look, okay, I'm um, the they use the little children's bars and that. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So those yeah. those clams, and if you get that, they're only you know you can pick them up pretty cheap. Um, right, but, yeah. but they but um, they can encourage the dog just to dig in that spot rather than everywhere throughout your garden because you can put little treats in there too. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. but the the problem the problem there is making sure that it's actually about directing the behaviour to that. So right. you're not you're not actually right. stopping the behaviour, and you're not changing it all you're doing is shifting the location yeah so it's not an either or it's not a case of oh well we'll just get a you know a clamshell and then fill that with sand and we're done yeah because he's know. loving that activity of the digging that's really fulfilling a need for him and that'll just reinforce him to then go and dig elsewhere if yeah. he's able to yeah okay so, so i think a couple of walks um a day playing with a football sounds fantastic and you know maybe encouraging some more other activities with balls yep. all right thank you russell Let, now david you've had uh a pretty serious case come through where you've had to refer the the dog on. Mm, Tell mm. us about so, it. So, look over over the years, we talk about you know various risks for our pets, and one of the things we sometimes talk about is throwing a stick for your dog. Yep. As an emergency vet, that kind of sends shivers down my spine because I know the injuries that can occur. And we had a patient come in where the stick had actually gone down the throat, had occluded the airway. And then had actually pierced through the uh, esophagus inside the chest. Oh, my gosh. Just right near the heart. So when this dog came in, um, mm. was it breathing? Like, how does it present? was struggling to breathe. So unconscious, struggling to breathe because the stick was actually that large. Oh it was pressing on the airway. And so um, our team, you know, rushed into action and managed to remove the stick and establish an airway Amazing. pretty quickly. Um, and then we were able to have a look and see. But it's it's something we see uh, prob- that's less common, but certainly one of the things that we kind of go, don't throw a stick because this could happen. Yep. But one of the things we more commonly see is dogs, the stick will actually go through the roof of the mouth or it'll go into the tissue at the back of the th- mouth. 
how painful. And uh, when it does that, obviously there's bacteria and there's the trauma and things like that. And it's a very difficult area to repair. So they often require just medical treatment, which means we might have to um, put in a feeding tube so that we're bypassing the mouth. We're not, you know, contaminating it further. Um, in some cases, though, we're also worried that maybe when the stick goes in, a little bit breaks off. So there's splinters yeah. in the tissue. And I have seen circumstances where that shows up a year later, where the, the piece of splinter of wood suddenly decides to cause a problem. And it's, yeah, it's causing issues 12 months on. Oh, down yeah, the track. easily. So do not throw sticks for your dog. Because a lot of, you know, you, you're probably not thinking about it. You're on the beach or wherever and you're mm. going for a walk and you've picked a stick up and, you know, Boris is chasing after it. But I guess you just don't think that can be quite brittle, as you said, can get dislodged and there's splinters yeah. that are coming off and, and you see it all the time. You've seen it too, Cheryl. Yeah, I've seen a dog that lost its eye from a stick. So the stick went down and the dog... Yep. Into the Ran eye. onto so, it. Yeah, so just really be careful. Anything to do with that, make sure that what you're throwing is something that is suitable for the dog. And if a dog is picking up a stick, please take it away from them. They um, also, when sometimes with those ones where if they're thrown end over end and they lodge in the ground, and I've seen dogs run onto them, and I know this didn't happen to us, but a friend of mine who works in emergency in Brisbane, and the stick went in through the dog's. Uh, chest oh, at the base of its throat and went along the um, sternum. Mm. So you think about the dog along the sternum and then came out beside its back leg. That must have been a big stick. It was a big stick. Whoa! But it went. It was literally speared th right through the oh, dog. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. Now the remarkable thing about that one was that actually, apart from some muscles, um, it didn't hit anything. Wow! So the the dog was okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, after quite uh, surgery and yeah. quite a while yeah. in hospital. Okay, so some other options instead of uh, throwing sticks, if you do want to, you know, have your pets chase things. There's a lot of products oh, out plenty, there. There's plenty of can... um, pet toys that I'm are... I'm sure there's even toys that resemble sticks that you can throw. There are. <laughs> that are safe. There are. They're plastic sticks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can get them rubberized sticks. Yeah. Okay. Just be safe, people. Be safe with your pets. Uh, we're going to go to a call now. Hello, have you phoned for Pet Chat? Hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, how can we help you today? We've got well, Bill. I was just listening to about what you were saying about sticks. Yeah. And also about eating things. Oh, yeah. I have, I have a dog that sort of like devours pillows and chairs and... Uh, uh, anything that works, moves, or stands still. <laughs> <laughs> what breed of dog is it, Bill? It's a Doberman. A Doberman. Oh, my goodness. I, I thought they were intelligent. It's not an eye until I got this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, it's eating everything and you're wanting to know how to stop it? Well, I'm not so much worried to stop it. it it's more on the lines of, what um, what can I stop stop her from eating? She likes uh, she likes rocks. Rocks are good. No, Pebble no. Creek. <laughs> all of those all of those things are going to be harmful. It's funny, actually. I remember a dog that I saw years and years ago that had a habit of eating rocks, and like literally, we did three surgeries on this dog. Rocks oh. are bad. Mm. 
and pebbles because they they're heavy and so they drop to the bottom of the in the gut thinking about the dog standing there they'll drag down and the muscle in the gut is trying to push it up so Ah. it's basically really rough sandpaper inside your intestine and uh, they can actually cause perforations now obviously you know bill you're not out there feeding your dog rocks this just happens um but oftentimes it means that we have to fence off uh, a lot of these areas. And a lot of dogs then, I would also look at uh, things like behaviour training and a, and a full behavioural assessment. Some dogs that develop this habit of eating these inanimate objects, which is called PICA, P-I-C-A, uh, it can just be boredom for sure and habit, but it can also be signs of um, a behavioural problem or indeed, in some cases, signs of things like organic brain disease so i'm not suggesting it's all the way down that end bill but certainly you've got to do what you can to stop it and in some cases um get an assessment get a full behavioral assessment and also make sure you know your vet is aware of uh what your dog's doing so that if there's any signs of things like liver disease kidney disease sometimes that can trigger these alternative behaviors as well yeah right did you say how old your doberman was bill 13 months oh yeah Uh, it's 30 months, and I'm I'm waiting for a brain to click in around about two years. <laughs> <laughs> the bit of the brain that says don't eat rocks should have clicked in by now, but certainly there is going to be that element like we were talking about with Russell, an eight-month-old dog. They've got a lot of energy, and they pick things up, you know, so they'll examine things using their mouth, um, yep. and, and oftentimes it's it may well be something they grow out of, but... Um, we just want to make sure we can minimise the harm as well. Actually, one of one of our nurses, I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but she's off on honeymoon at the moment. No, she won't know. Her cat has a habit of eating, like, everything. Oh. And has had, I don't know, I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm going to say five surgeries. Really? I she think it's about st- that much. I guess cats are harder to, are they harder to diagnose or, or stop doing it? Than no, dogs? not so much diagnose, but, you know, they're living around in the house and everything and, yeah. Well, she's got a problem is because we, the backyard is Pebble Creek, which is one, which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. And the, the other thing is that when she's in, inside the house, pillows are great, especially the stuffing of a pillow. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, no, that's not good. <laughs> that's no. another one. Uh, because I, the same thing, it's going to get obstructed. Yep. And sometimes they'll push it through, but um, I'm just worried. So let's... Uh, get some tests done. Well, I think it's it's often going to be about trying to restrict access, but also increase the amount of energy that we're expending through exercise, walks, all those things that Cheryl was talking about for yeah. Russell's dog. And not to mention the health of the dog. Pillows are expensive these days yeah. for a yes. good one. Indeed. Some training as well, I think, goes there, Bill. There you go. Lots of training. Good luck, Bill. And I think that's just about time today for Pet Chat. We've had some different questions Mm. today. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you both for coming in, Cheryl, David. Lovely. Of course, Pet Chat, it will be back same time next week. We've got the news on the way next. It's Cliff Richard and the Young Ones on 2NURFM.